You're listening to the Rat Podcast. Explore wealth. Different model, a different way, different way of doing business. Mm-hmm. Parts of the country, twenty-four seven, seven days a week. I was just done with the gurus. If somebody gives me thirty to fifty thousand dollars, that should be a lifetime relationship for Podcast Nation. Because if you give me that kind of money, I have an obligation, in my opinion, a responsibility to see you succeed. Actually, yeah. Anytime, we're good. You get start. We're good. Uh, yeah, the guys are trying to be extra careful over here. I'm like, just go live. We're good. Yeah, we're good. I'm, I'm good. So, um, no, nah, mine was when I was, I was like 20. I'd been dating this girl for several years, who's now my wife, right? But, and realized, um, I was having to go to her to borrow money to make rent, and she was, <laughs> she was like, listen, I'm not gonna marry you. You think I'm gonna marry you? I'm not gonna marry you if you can't make rent, right? You just blew three hundred dollars yesterday, um. So what's what's up? And so that was my for, my first foray into like, oh, hey, I should probably start putting money aside, right? Um, if I'm wanting to marry this girl and she's clearly not going to marry me unless I do, I should probably start putting some money back. Um, and that took me on a journey of learning about even what money really was and then how to invest. So yeah, it's pretty crazy with with my wife Vanessa. I uh, I'd done first time in my life I'd done really well when I first met her. Right, I'd been a headhunter. I made you know, I was an indentured servant as a baseball coach before and I made almost a quarter million dollars that year. Right. And the next year I started my business and we made, you know, almost a million dollars that year in, in the business. And then 12 months later, um, I was trying to figure out where I was going to borrow money from to pay rent, you know, on January 1st, you know, the, the life and times of, of your twenties. And, and I knew after she stayed with me, you know, trying to find money to pay rent versus, you know, making a million dollars in a year that, you know, she, she, she was right or die for sure. So, oh uh, yeah, she was the right one. That's right. Yeah. That's good. So, but yeah, I remember she was telling me a story one time. It's like, yeah, I was, you know, I think she might've still been a teenager or whatever. She's I was dating a guy and, you know, he wanted to go wherever and he grabbed out a change jar, you know, because so, he needed to get gas. And she's like, I, because I figured that wasn't someone I was going to keep, keep dating and stuff. And I kind of figured I better, better get my financial act together. So, oh yeah. Yeah. That'll, that'll straighten you up real fast. Yeah. Right. But I mean, you are, you know, marriage, family, you know, money language. Um, and our world here, Rad, I don't know how you much know, you know. Marriage, family, speak, you know, money language, money language, language um, on, a regular, on a regular basis. And, you know, what you guys do, you know, with couples and, and for me, you know, it's part of our personality, you know, profile with, with our investors and it's part of our personality profile with our inner circle members. So, man, I, I just appreciate, you know, the mission that you guys have. And, and, you know, for people that out there, you know, aren't familiar with the money couple and, and the things that they do and, you know, Taylor's tell, well, actually, you know what, man, I I've talked, my tribe knows about the money couple, but tell, talk to people about this new partnership you have, right. You have a, a new partner that, you know, you're, you're doing this with. So to talk about a little bit. Yeah. So I've had this buddy for a while, uh, we'll go to church together. Great guy. Uh, he's a Bible college professor but he just became a marriage family therapist. And so I was talking with him about some of our, our clients last year and the money couple stuff. And I was like, man, I really loved, you know, some of your approach and some of your ideas related to how couples can better communicate. I'd love to get you on board to, to help us make sure we're, we're, we're creating really great content and resources that are from a clinical base as well. And so we started working together um, early last year. 
just fell in love with with him, his family, um, the team. It was a good mesh. And the more we started talking, it was like, man, we should really, you know, take this further than the money couple and um, our investment group and really turn this into, um, let's start, let's open a podcast. So we started a podcast last year called the Millionaire Marriage uh, Podcast, and it's been really good. We're just uh, two young guys. I'm a certified financial planner. He's a marriage family therapist. So you kind of get this dual approach to these different topics that we talk about. Some of the episodes are a lot about money and others are a lot of just about relationships. And so um, we're launching our third season of that podcast starting March 2nd. And so very excited about it. Have some really great guests um, lined up for it. We just rolled out some card decks. Um, <clears throat> there we go. Look at this. Discover marriage and discover finances and discover intimacy where he and I work together to create basically um, a questions, right, for each mm each each topic so for for example the discover marriage one it just gives a question or two that you can ask your spouse and then beneath it we kind of carry that forward so um here's some examples or here's some additional ways to think about it and it really just helps to drive that communication uh, most couples don't communicate as much as they should and so we've had a lot of good success with them a lot of good feedback um, and so just really excited about continuing to get those resources out in front of the listeners Cool, man. Well, I, you know, we'll put a link to the podcast and, and I don't know if you're giving those cards away or, or what you're going to do with those, but we'll put a link out to the cards as well, man. So talk to me about, you know, in this world of inflation and like, I think it changes the game in even in marriages and it creates a, it actually creates a lot of potential for conflict. And the reason I think it creates a lot of potential conflict when, you know, your money's worth, you know, 10%, 20% less than it was last year. Right. Yeah. And then you know that you have to invest in order to keep up, right? Because those are both, you know, both can be, you know, danger conversations, right? Trigger conversations. And you have two, a couple that's exploring probably independently, but maybe together, you know, what to do, you know, during these times, you know, there's, there's just a lot of, you know, turbulence and not, not that the pandemic didn't put enough pressure on marriages. Right. But, but I think the inflation can put it pressure. And I, until we were jumping on the line, I didn't even think about how much pressure inflation can put on, put on people. Talk a little bit about, you know, where, what you think inflation is going to do, how you think it affects people. Yeah. You know, inflation is going to cause a lot of issues. Um, I think going back to like the, the five money personalities really helps um, because if you are a saver, right? So for example, my wife is a saver. She wants all of our money in the bank, in the bank, right? Not in the stock market, in the bank where she can see it at all times. Some of really it is having, a safe. Yeah, wanting to save, right? That's who she, that's who she is. And so, uh, but a big part of that was having to explain like, hey, you got to understand every month, right? Or every every few days that that money is in there, it's actually losing value. You know, we saw in December, we had a 7% increase in inflation year over year. Like I said, hey, every hundred dollars we had in there, now we have ninety three, right? Oh, that's maybe you is. agree. Maybe you agree or disagree. I I think it's worse than that. I, I think it's oh, higher yeah. than that. And I don't know the number, right? Like it's impossible to say. But I, yeah. I but being me being in a real estate world, right? We we saw twenty five percent. You know, a easy twenty twenty five percent. And I know they say twenty two percent is the number, but I it could be you know in the real estate space, I've seen astronomical gains. I mean, I, there's properties we have that have increased by 40% in value this year, you know? Oh yeah. It's a, it's and, a great time to be in real estate. You guys are killing it. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, you know, what do you, how, where do you think it's going to go? What do you think the next two, I want an exact plan that we can hold you accountable to. <laughs> oh, what great. Inflation's going to do for the uh, next 20 I think we're missing, I think we're missing up some, some of the internet's going on. Um, cut now? <laughs> yeah. Cut down now. 
Um, no, I, I think inflation will continue to rise. I think we're going to see a lot of up and down. Uh, the Fed, you know, it can't go down much more. Um, the Fed keeps talking about they're going to raise interest rates. Um, I honestly think we're going to stay in a pretty low inflationary period or inflation rate period for a long time. I think inflation in general, though, is here to stay um, in every part of our life. So, example, mm-hmm. right before we got on this call, I was having a meeting with our team. We have a client who's the caterer and had to increase their rates 20%. Right. And and that's a substantial hit to people who are used to going and picking up food. Um, and so I think that's going to affect everybody's daily life. When when lunch used to cost $5 a meal and now it's $10 a meal and this summer it's $15 a meal, it really starts to eat into people's daily budget, how they manage money, how they invest, what they can invest, um, and really, really watching their money management. You know, last year, some it's even hard to, I used to, you know, every six months, you know, we look at, you know, just standard kind of pay raises and growth track, you know, for team members and stuff. And last year, anywhere from 45 to 60 days, I was looking at what income levels were, you know, what people's pay was and and, and different kinds of things. And, and, you know, like this month, like with human resources, I'm doing a deep dive into, you know, pay scales and what people are paid just because like to keep up. You know, McDonald's, I saw a sign the other day, McDonald's was paying $17 an hour as a starting wage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually have some friends up in the Dallas market who they're paying $250 to show up for an interview. If you they're just paying show, people up to show up for an interview, if you just show up for an interview, we'll pay you $250 and they're still getting people not showing up. And just, man, I'd show up, I'd go to a lot of interviews. I would I was, too. I was I'd, in do, the process. I'd do an interview a day. Right. Yeah. A day? Come on now. You're more aggressive. You probably do four a day. If if you were actually using that to make money. I I think it's probably a viable option right now in today's economy. But We actually started working, um, you know, there's a military group called ACS, right, that does apprenticeships and internships for for organizations, right? And we've been, you know, started conversations with them about utilizing them for military professionals, sorry, and, you know, former military professionals. And so we kind of hiring – you know, growth team, we went from 35 to 70 people in the last year. Wow. I think we're diving into that in every aspect of our business. Like what is life like for a normal, for everyday people, right? It's like, it's, 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 cause you get the people who don't want to work and then you get people who do want to work and then you get people who are job hopping and then you get people who are growing and, and it's, 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 it's a science. It is. It's, and it's really hard. You know, we've worked really hard on our team to, to build a culture that retains as much as possible right I, it's much cheaper to retain than it is to recruit and so like, we had a big off-site company meeting yesterday where we pulled everybody together for a full day and just really talked about our company our goals for this year individual goals and trying to implement ways that one how can we make sure that everybody feels like they don't want to leave right there's always going to yeah. be somebody out there that probably pays more um but overall what can we do to really make sure that we're retaining the best um talent and and people around so what are your top three things that, that retain? What's your top three retentions? Yeah, so uh, for us, it's one is is I consider everybody a partner, right? So we don't look at anybody as, hey, you're just an employee. Like we are on the same team. I work with you. You don't work for me. Um, and so one, we build that in from day one that this is who we are. We are a team. Um, two, we do a profit sharing type program where I, just because you may not have official equity in the company, Every every month we we do a, a profit sharing meeting where hey if we have profit everybody gets a, a cut of it um, the company retains a bit obviously because it has to but then after that we're paying those out so it helps you to feel very much like you're an owner it's not something you can get at most other places 
Um, and then outside of that, we just, we just try to build a company where anybody would want to work. So I had a lot of different jobs as a teenager and in my early 20s. So I have a lot of experience out there. Um, and so for us, like we keep a fully stocked break room. So we have always have breakfast materials, lunch materials, all kind of snacks and drinks. And it does cost a little bit, but it's just a it's just a way to feel like, hey, this is I'm not gonna say home, but you feel comfortable here. You feel great. Your needs are provided for. We're looking after the little things. And if we can take care of the small things, we're gonna take care of the big things. Yeah. You know, take taking your profit sharing program tell me tell me a little bit more about that you know we've been looking like we we pay out bonuses and we've paid out you know i was i literally started working on my christmas bonuses in like july right for the yep. for the staff and i took a lot of pride in what we were able to pay people like it was the best december we've ever had for our team for our team so take me i've thought about doing a more formalized profit share versus you know choosing hey here's based on what we, we can see with the math here's what we can do you know this year with bonuses take me through your profit sharing a little bit i'm curious yeah, so every month we have a, a team get-together, team meeting, where we actually open up the P&L, mm -hmm. uh, and we actually walk to the P&L. So we don't, we're not saying, hey, Sally made X dollars and Joe made X dollars, but we do have a line for salaries, and we walk through that. Um, I think if people understand what's on the P&L, and they can understand how business flows. Um, and so we, we take that all the way down through, obviously, the bottom line, and we talk about, hey, how could we have saved money this month, right? Did, why, did our, why did our subscriptions increase this month compared to last month or electricity or whatever? Um, and it really helps to keep her on the same page as far as like, hey, should we turn that light off or should we, you know, make sure we're doing this or that? And then at the end, um, the company retains, and I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but let's say 50%, yeah. right? The company retains 50%, and then that other 50% is split evenly among the team. Um, and so whether you are, it's your third day here or you've been here three years, it's a it's a straight cut for everybody across the board because because we do believe we're a team and we all work together um, to accomplish that. Now we do have other bonuses, right? So mm -hmm. uh, we provide routine other bonuses and benefits to our people that are really going above and beyond. But that does keep everybody on the same page. It's really cool. We've done different things over the years, um, and so we we created tiers, right? And and so we've done with our bonus structures. And last year, I think we paid out bonuses three three times, maybe four times last year. And, and so we had like, you know, leadership tier, and then we had, you know, a uh, middle tier and then, you know, for new, new team members, right. That are fresh with the company that are, that are, that are in a tier. And so those three tiers have always been pretty cool for us. I've always looked at that as like, cause I want to reward, you know, longevity and, and, and time with the company, but I want to reward ownership. And so we take a big initiative with people taking ownership over their individual role, individual you know, part with the company and, and being able to, you know, do, you know, great things with it, no matter what the role is, you know? Yeah. And, and so that's, that's always been, you know, one of those big cultural things. And then I have always dove deep into like, we need to know our people, right. And we need to know our people when they have a problem. And so that's always been, you know, for me, really important is, you know, you recognize like leaders, leaders recognize when a team member's off. You know, yeah. and and so like I want I always have one of our leaders to dive, you know, dive into that. And granted, people's personal business is a personal business. But when you're living, you know, in this this world that we live in right now, you, there's so many things that can happen, right? Through the pandemic and, and everything else that's going on in the world, you know, there's I can't even count how many people got sick, right, in the last 12 months you know, in one way or shape or form, and maybe Corona-related, maybe not Corona-related, right? And thank God, you know, we were able to escape, you know, from from anybody having, you know, long-term life-threatening or anything like that, you know, as, as a team. But 
I think just, just knowing them is, is a huge part, you know, of our culture. Somebody asked me my goals the other day and like, I know we're going to hit some financial milestones we've never hit before as a company. And so like, but my number one goal for this year was to retain our culture. Like yeah. the, the family-based culture we have here is huge. It's, it's like, I like looking at each team member and saying like, like, what does this family member need? What does this team member need? And it's not that we don't hold people accountable or not that, that people don't, you know, have to be do super high performance. I've actually, in my experience and other people aren't the same. I, I've found that, that family friends and, and, and people that are become family and friends perform at a higher level than, than strangers, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of another part culture-wise with us. What else, what else for you guys? Yeah, no, that's a big thing for us um, is making sure that we know everybody. So uh, we try to host, you know, get togethers and gatherings. And, and we spend a lot of time with the spouses of our employees because we know there are times it gets really busy. Um, and we want to make sure that they realize, hey, this is not a. I mean, you are the money thing. couple. We are the money. <laughs> we try. Um, but it's hard, you know, especially as the, as an organization grows. So like you, I mean, you guys added, you know, 30 plus employees or whatever that number was last year. It's really hard to retain that culture. Um, and we went, we've had times where we had very small teams of less than five. So we're out, uh, last year we had over 300 employees. And so it gets really, really difficult when you, when you get to that level and across multiple organizations to really keep that. Um, and so what we've done whenever we have staff that's, that's not even here, Right, we, we incorporate that into my family's travels. Like, hey, we're going to go through San Diego to make sure that we can spend a day or two with with Bob, right? And and we can really face to face for a while. Um, and so we do things like that. We do a lot where if I know somebody's going on vacation, we'll we'll try to pick up part of the tab of that vacation or surprise them right when they get to the hotel with different things, uh, because we want people to know, hey, we we care about you, and we want to make sure that you and your families are happy and taken care of, and that you're living the best life you possibly can. Yeah, like I saw this LinkedIn thing the other day. It was a clip. I think it was a 60 minutes clip, but I could be I could be wrong about that. It might have been Daily Wire actually, but I'm trying to remember. But I saw this clip, and they were talking about you know, people not wanting to work in America, right? And and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, people who don't want to work in America don't have an amazing place to go work at, right? They don't yeah. have a good place where they can, you know, feel passionate and they can feel like where they want to go. I've always had a little bit of skepticism in that in the sense that like the things that are out there aren't enough money for people to live any kind of lifestyle, right? And so for me, the people don't want to work are people that don't want to attain levels of wealth or attain levels of, of you know, I don't know if, if your passion, right. There's ways to monetize passion and, 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 and what you love and what you do in the world. So I kind of, I always had skepticism when it's, when people say, you know, Americans don't want to work or Americans don't want this or that. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. I think people, you know, I think if we, if everybody could just relax and do nothing and have unlimited money coming in, we would all do that. Um, but there is a lot of self-confidence. I think six months people get bored. Three months they do, right? So that's what I was going to say. A lot of times yeah. you, you read, right? So I'm really big in the fire community where um, financial independent retire early. And you run into this where people retire at 42 or 35 or whatever. And they realize, hey, I've got to have something to fill my time. And so even though it may not be a real job, they're, they're doing something um, to fill that time with. Because you, you there is self-confidence and there's self-esteem with putting in a good day's work. You know, the Bible tells us there's a time for work and there's a time for play. Um, and so I think, for most people, everybody's, I think a lot of people are just tired of working for bad bosses. You know, I mean, I, I hated going to work at some places because I hated the boss that was there or the culture that was there. Um, and so I, I really like, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of other young entrepreneurs 
and almost all of them are trying to build great cultures where it's not just a profit, 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 like, no, we're not doing that because it costs an extra 12 cents. Like, no, it's, they want people to have a really great work environment. And I think we can look back and, and probably put a lot on that on Google and some of the large um, tech companies who kind of built that from the beginning of here, we're going to bring in a chef and everybody has lunch every day. And, you know, and that's trickled down because um, I believe if people have a good boss and they enjoy what they're doing, they'll want to work. Um, they just want to, they want to know that they're a human, you know, they're not just a robot and they're not um, easily replaceable by um, just anybody off the street. So yeah. I think it's easier like day to day to get trapped back into the profit mentality, right? The money mentality. Cause, cause you know, I'm in business to build wealth. I'm in business to make money. Right. And I, not only do I remind myself, but I'll you know, remind our team and we go through this, like we're an impact business and the impact we're making, you know, is significant and it makes a huge difference in people's lives. And, and it makes it easy for me, right. To, to play, play the next level when it comes to business, it makes it easy for me to, to push beyond, it makes it easy for me to dive deep into, into, you know, coming up with the thoughts, the ideas that, that'll help us grow, you know, what kind of things do you do to reset mentally to, to, you know, keep the expansion mindset, to keep the growth mindset, to keep the, 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 the mission, you know, intact as, as a, as a business or a company? Yeah. You know, I think, I think every time, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you get to those spots where you're like, Hey, I'm hitting these financial milestones I never thought I was going to hit before. Like I could pile up and relax a little bit and, and, you know, take it easy, take the foot off the gas. Um, and I thought there's something wrong with that, but for us, um, I just feel like our calling is to do more, right? Our ministry is to go out and do more and to help more people. And until I'm able to help the world, we're just not there yet. And so uh, for me, it's every day, Hey, what, how many people can I affect today? You know, how many families can I touch today? How many, what legacy can I leave on somebody today? Cause I think every single day we're given opportunities to impact somebody's life. I mean, we're really being on, Hey, be the light and be the example. You don't know what that person in the drive-thru is going through whenever you're, you're pulling through, right. They may, maybe re, may, they may be very rude, but you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they have, what happened to them on the way to work that morning. And so you, we have the opportunity every day to speak into other people's lives. Um, and, and really honestly, for me, that's, that's what I enjoy. That's why we started a podcast and we're writing books and we're doing things because I want to touch as many lives as I can with the truth that, Hey, like you can live a happy, fulfilling life. It, it does take some work. Um, but I want to be there to help guide and provide resources and um, just help be that light as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Very cool, man. When you're facing like the darkness, right? When you're facing, you know, whatever, whatever the struggle is, whatever the frustration is, right. And, and, you know, you feel like, you know, you get a little frustrated. What are your, what are your resets? What things are you doing individually to, to, to reset? What's your routine? People really want to know, you know, to pull yourself up, you know, when, when, when you're in the struggle, you know, what's that like for you? Yeah, for me, uh, I mean, just honestly, uh, it's very easy. I go watch a movie. I go pile up. Like I have a, I love watching movies. Um, and there'll be days I'll just skip out of the office and go to the movie theater in the middle of the day. And it's just me. And I go watch a movie and I just reset, right? I, it's somewhere I can leave my phone and I can literally just zone out for two hours. Um, and I've done that several times throughout my, my career, but honestly, I, what's really helped these last few years, especially after, after talking with Jeremy, who's my marriage family therapist we have on staff is going and actually being open and honest with my wife, right. And, and really be able to share some of that. We don't, she doesn't work day to day in the business. And so being able to go home and say, Hey, listen, here's, here's really what I'm feeling at an emotional level. 
um, has really helped a lot. It's given her a lot of insight into me and, and, you know, whether I like it or not, she's smarter than I am. She gives really great advice, but she's an amazing listener. And so, um, I think just going out, finding somebody you can talk to. So for me, it was her, um, just really be able to have a, a good, passionate, um, chat. And I, I do that more often now. And that helps me to stay away from when it gets real dark, right? Every business is going to go through trials. It really helps to, um, keep the priority straight. Well, you know, it's it's fascinating, you know, when you go through these conversations and, and you, I used to feel guilt when I would do something like that, right? Like if I would check out and watch a movie during the middle of the day, if I would take time, you know, more time away from the work and the business. And, and you know, I've been seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of different things, you know, and you, you see things go through Instagram and different things and, you know, work and, and people talk about working to the point of, you know, you have to outwork everyone else. And if you work at something hard enough, long enough, and then you continue to work hard enough, long enough, eventually you can be successful, right? And and I'm not against hard work and working hard, but I don't believe that's the formula to success. I've never found that for me. 100% agree, 100% agree. And I, I've found like, like I heard one time, I think it was Iron Man, what's Iron Man's name? I'm drawing a blank right now, but yeah, Robert Downey Jr., one of my yeah. guys told me quick, right? And yeah. Robert Downey Jr. was talking about, you know, like success is kind of like you have a long rope you know, with, with knots in it. And he's like, you're kind of pulling on the rope and pulling on the rope. And sometimes, you know, you get to a knot and the knot, you know, is, is, you know, another level of success. And then that's, you know, you got to take some strong intentional actions in those, in those moments. I'm not quoting it perfect, but then you kind of have to be patient and you have to allow, you know, the process to continue to happen. And it never, I know ne we never stopped moving with intention, but I found a hard work, you know, lots of times for me equals, equals burnout. I don't know. I don't know. It does. How do you, how do you, what would you, like, if you give people mindset when it comes to that, how would, how would you, what would you say to them? Yeah. So one, I, I really dislike the whole, the hustle culture, right? That you have to be plowing away 23 hours a day and then sleeping for an hour. I just, I, I don't like that culture. Um, one, it takes, it makes everything about you, right? It's very self-centered. Um, and in the day, there is a lot of luck involved in, in success and there is a lot of hard work and yes, you do have to work, right? You can't, you can't work 12 minutes a day and say, oh yeah, I'm going to make it. Um, but the same thing, there has to be that balance. And I think statistically, if you go and you read clinical trials and you look at different things, you'll see a lot of these really successful people say, no, I take a nap every day. Yeah. I nap every day. I have time every day where I kind of slow down and reset. Um, and it's not just a push, push, push 110% um, around the clock. And I think that's really important for people to know. Um, even the most successful entrepreneurs I know, they can be really on for those, you know, five, six, seven hours, however many that, that is, but then they're going to make sure they're spending time um, relaxing. And whether that's golf, whether it's fishing, whether it's just piling up and watching a movie, whatever that may be, um, they're able to to kind of reset. Um, and so I think that's super important. I don't think it's, uh, I, I just don't like the the whole hustle culture in general. So. Yeah. And, and there's times when, you know, we have, I, I have to put it down and work hard, right? There's times oh, when yeah. I got to be very intentional, right? And, and, and there's times, you know, in all the years of entrepreneur, your back gets against the wall, right? And there might be times where you got to produce more or in a different way. But at the same time, I find, you know, watching a movie, listening to a comedian, going fishing, going hunting, um, I find, you know, different kinds of things that I'm out there doing, spending time with family. Like, and when I'm living a well-rounded life while I'm doing those specific things, if I'm praying, going to church, the things that I'm doing, I can have as much a breakthrough sitting in Sunday service for my business, right, as I would yeah. of working 30 hours. I can get that in 15 minutes 
of a breakthrough, you know, and, and so for me, I find that those, that variety makes me more successful, but that, that, that solid variety, right. But then experiences I've never had before also make, make us a million times, a million times stronger, right. If I looked at like, if it was just hustle and work and a non-well-balanced life, we never would have bought, you know, a farm, you know, which, which is, you know, probably one of the best investments we've made in the last two years as a, as a company, right? If I wasn't looking at a well-rounded life and different kinds of things, I never would have even explored that avenue, right? From a real estate investing yeah. standpoint. So those those are just, those kind of impact things, things are huge. Um, I was looking at, you know, current events and things going on. I'm just curious, you know, when you look at, you know, different things that are going on out there, like a volcano in the South Pacific, you know, and, you know, you know about our survivalist project, right? And you're, you know, heart, you know, very, very real in, in, in your Christianity, right? In the times that we're in, do you feel like we're in, we're in you know, the birthing pains of, 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 of revelations and stuff? Or do you, is that not something you, you, you feel? Or I'm curious of your opinion on that. Yeah, Um. So honestly, I do. Um, you know, I, I firmly believe we, if you look, if you've read Revelations and you've read some of the other books of the Bible, um, you can see the things get mapped out, right? Um, there are several things in Revelations that have already come to pass. Um, and so I think looking at the world that we're in today and even looking at, um, like, I'm honestly, I'm a, I'm a big believer COVID and everything that comes with it is a very spiritual attack. I think it's it's created a lot of fear and distrust and disunity. And that's that's not that's not God, right? That's, it's very clear. He's not a God of confusion. And so, um, yeah, I think the world is under a very big spiritual attack. I think we see wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and, you know, diverse places. And, um, you know, my heart breaks for the people that, that are being affected by those. Um, but I think it's, I think it's a wake up call to the church that, Hey, more so now than ever, it's really time to live who we're supposed to, who we're supposed to be. Um, I've, I've had personal revelations in my own life just over the last several weeks where, where I've been in this, um, quandary. Like I said, we sold several businesses last year. Um, we went from over 300 employees to, I think we have 10 today. Oh, and, wow. and so, I mean, huge change of 24 seven, you know, there's always something on a fire burning to, this is the first time in several years I've kind of had a, Hey, this is, yeah, you know, I don't have 300 people reporting to me and 300 families and everything else. Um, and so really taking a look at my life and and I put myself in in the word and in prayer and I've had more multiple people even this morning someone spoke into my life um one of my staff did and so it, it's one of those things where I believe I firmly believe we're in the end time I, I believe that we need to have our hearts right and we need to spend time focusing on what's important um I think the church needs good business people I think the church needs good leaders um so I think we should continue to invest that way but I think we should also make sure that our house is in order, you know, our family at the end of the day, I, I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. Yeah. I, you know, love everything that you're saying. I, I, a lot of people, you know, during this time are, are going through it. Right. And Christian, non-Christian people are going through it. Right. And for me, when you're have that feeling and you know, you feel like we're in that time. Right. And, and how do you still focus on, you know, building wealth? How do you still focus on, you know, how do you not curl into a ball and only watch a movie and, and and separate those two actions, right? Because both both are actions that, you know, you probably are doing on, you know, a weekly basis. You're probably curling at least, you know, <laughs> once a week to watch a movie and 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 you're still you're still, you know, working the passion. Yeah. You know, honestly for me, I think it's, you know, before uh, you know, Jesus kind of left the earth, you know, he said, go and make disciples of all men. 
And I think, you know, for us, um, we're the people that are supposed to be in the field working. And, you know, I don't think we're supposed to leave the field until he returns and, you know, the book of Revelation is fulfilled. And so uh, for me, I keep that passion of, hey, at the end of the day, I'm here to be a servant. You know, Jesus came, he was a servant. I believe only servants go to heaven. Uh, servants don't slack off when times get tough, you know? Yeah. Um, and so like we, we do our investments that same way. We do have some longer term investments. The majority of our investments, even for our clients, are more shorter term. You know, they're they're probably less than ten years. Um, and and <laughs> my, my 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 tribe would be like ten years. That's a really long investment yeah. for them. <laughs> they would be, yeah. Um, a lot of ours are eighteen months, six months, three years. But yeah, I'm with you. Yep, I'm same thing. Shorter term, right? Short term. Yeah. Um, and it, we keep some money in liquidity because we never know what's going to happen if another COVID type situation is going to you know shake up the world. Um, and we want to be prepared for whatever opportunities may show up. Uh, but for me, it's really, hey, I know it's important in the day. It's me and my family and um, to help as many people as I can to know God and know Christ and to, um, you know, find that path to salvation. And so for us, that's that's what keeps me going. It keeps me driven. It's why we've created these additional resources and some of these other brands is to really drive that home. It's why I've, I sold several businesses last year. So I can really mm -hmm. focus on what I feel is, um, you know, this ministry or this calling. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Now with us being live and right and us having, you know, tribe members that are live, you know, feel free to ask questions, feel free to throw something in the chat box, you know, for myself or Taylor, you know, um, you know, there's not much when it comes to, you know, the game of wealth, the game of retirement, the game of finances that, you know, investing, you know, that, that, you know, we haven't had experience in, you know, in our lifetimes. And so we're happy to, you know, share and, and give insight if, if, if you want to. So, you know, if you guys start to have a list or a group of people, just give me a, some kind of sign, you know, or you can wave your hands like this or just give me a thumbs up. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. We can take some Q and A. So Taylor, the first question was from, from one of the tribe was, you know, how do you approach a conversation you know, with a spouse, right? And I'm, you know, of finances. And I'm sure this is somebody who's obviously had that challenge or struggle, and there's probably not a conversation, right, actively going on with their spouse. So the question, how do you approach that conversation when probably when you previously haven't been able, able to do it? Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, just honestly, it's very tough. It's one of the reasons I brought, I partnered with a marriage family therapist. Um, it's because there's a lot of people don't talk about finances. Um, you know, statistically or historically, it's proven people would rather talk about sex, their sex life, than their money. And so, you know, it's a very touchy subject. And especially if you're in, you know, depending on your culture, uh, where maybe the man always takes care of the finances, right? And you're a woman, and you're saying, hey, I, I want to make sure our investments are good or we have money for retirement. Uh, it can be very, very intimidating. And so uh, we tell people, hey, take it from a, take a baby step, right? It's a baby step at a time. Don't come in one day and from never talking about finances saying, hey, I want to see our every dime of our budget and open up. It takes a little bit of time um, to make sure you know the right time. Uh, for example, I used to, I get business ideas all the time and I'd come home and immediately start telling my wife, hey, so here's the deal. We're going to open these three businesses. They're going to do this. <laughs> Not the right time, right? She's been dealing with the kids all day. Yeah. She's wanting to relax a little bit as well. And so going and figuring out that right time, hey, maybe it's after dinner when everybody's kind of relaxed and everybody, you know, the, the night is slowing down and you can broach those subjects. And um, that's one of the main reasons we created these card decks is because it does help baby step walk you through for couples who who haven't had those conversations. It gives you some of those opportunities with from a lighthearted perspective at times to open those doors. Um, and so we tell people, hey, 
be patient. Maybe one of the spouses has been um, very shut off about it, uh, but maybe they've been wanting to talk about it, and they didn't think you wanted to. You, you don't know um, at the end of the day, and so open that door very slowly and cautiously, but there are resources available to help you um, get there. Yeah. yeah, you know, for me, I mean, everything you say is right on. For me, being a flyer, right, and those of you, you know, don't understand the personalities, you will, you know, eventually, if you're on this, you know, listen to this podcast, not to know the money personalities is a mistake. I mean, if you want to be successful, you want to build wealth, you want to have a relationship with with people when it comes around money, and a healthy relationship with money, um, I think it's one of the pillars for me. And so I'm a flyer. So when my wife wanted to talk to me about money and finances, I'm not a person who loves that conversation, right? And, and I'm not a person who, you know, I, you know, my wife, I, you know, my belief was, you know, if we want to buy a house, if we want to do this, then I'll just go make more money, right? That was my initial belief yeah. in life. And, and, and so for, for me, you know, when my wife, you know, it would be late at night or, you know, one of those things. And my wife has, you know, checklists running in her mind all the time. And so she loves, you know, like while we're going to sleep, there's things that, you know, it would be great for her to get off her checklist before she goes to sleep. Right. And so when she'd want to talk about money or those kind of things, it, I would literally pull out my hair. Right. I'd want to lose my mind. And oh yeah. And I was like, well, we have money and everything's okay. So, you know, cause that's a flyer mindset. And, and so for me, what we ended up doing is probably 10 years ago, maybe. Yeah. Probably 10 years ago, we started scheduling, you know, meetings, you know, just to yeah. discuss finances, talk about finances and so for us, that scheduling of it gave us a place and a time to do it, right? And and so that was big for us. And then I didn't feel like, well, I'm trying to relax or I'm trying to shut down, you know, after, after you know, putting the grind in that I didn't feel like I was asked, being asked to continue to work. Because to me, even it's personal finances, when I was being asked to discuss it, to me, it was still, that that to me still became work. And, oh, and yeah. I still thought of it as work. And so doing that and, and separating that time out, right. Made, made, made a difference, you know, for sure, for sure, for sure for me. And if I wasn't in the right mindset, you know, to, to have that conversation back then, 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 you know, we, we could reschedule it and, and have it when I could be, you know, in a great mindset, same, same thing with, with her. So those were things that were really helpful for us when we started to dive into it. And I think designating, you know, a household CFO worked for us. It doesn't work for everybody. Right. Um, but my wife is the household CFO, you know, um, I, I, you know, focus on, on making money and, and, you know, I obviously am, am a leader of other people's money and, and, and wealth and investments. But when it comes to my own, you know, personal finances, you know, I, to me, it, it I, I, if I start focusing on personal finance, I'm not focusing on the most important, traits and qualities of us as a company and a business. And, and, and it's just fascinating, you know, that, that delicate b- balance of, and that dynamic with someone in, in, in my role, I don't know, with you and your wife is, is one of you a household CFO or is one of you, is it pretty equal or how do you guys, how do you guys look at it? Yeah. So some of similar situation, right? I manage money for a living. I teach courses over personal finance, but my wife deals with it at our house. Um, you know, she's, <laughs> she likes doing it. She enjoys doing it. I'm very much more like automatic, automatic, set it and forget it kind of situation. Um, she likes to kind of know where it's going and, you know, why is electricity bill $27 higher this month? Right. Um, she enjoys it. And so she's very much our house CFO. Um, and it works well for us. And I tell people all the time, it doesn't have to be the guy, right? Like we, we get in these mind shifts that that's my job. I have to do it. You don't have to. Some people are just more inclined to do it. And um, she's great at it. 
Yeah, it used to drive me nuts when my wife would cancel monthly subscriptions like Pandora or, um, you know, YouTube Prime or di just different things is because she would, you know, dive in dive into those those different things. And and at one point, I just started to let those let those things go and just resubscribe if I want to resubscribe. But she, I think, has joy from canceling monthly subscriptions. So I, I let her have that, let her have that joy for sure. So um, for you. When we go through all, well, actually, let's go back to questions. You can't hear me, Taylor? I can't see him anymore. I'm looking myself in the eyes. Perfect. There we go. I had muted myself to cough, and then I couldn't unmute myself. So I think we're back. <laughs> You're not allowed to cough in this in this corona world. No. Oh, yeah, I know. It hit me yesterday. I started Absolutely coughing. Absolutely not acceptable. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> if I'm at the office and I feel like I'm going to cough, I start to almost feel guilty. I'm like, I need to go in another room or a different place. How can I, I hide it? Yeah. How can I hide this cough? I'm not, I'm not sick. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had to actually shut down the offices twice in the last uh, six weeks where we, you know, wow. both in Florida um, and here in, in California, we had to, we had to shut it down. Just, you know, I, I, I made a decision like before Christmas, people were getting sick with just normal, you know, flu time things. And then we had some people get Corona, but I just, we, we just let everybody go virtual for about two weeks. It was just easier, you know, and I, yeah. I think it gave a lot of people and we still have the people who want to come in every day, regardless, um, oh, yeah. because they just don't like, or don't want to work from home. Right. Um, which I find fascinating because there's plenty of people who want to work from home. There's plenty of people who absolutely don't. So it's kind of unique. What other kind of questions do you guys get? Young so you're being asked for young couples. What what are the three most basic financial tips um, from 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 you, Taylor? Yeah. So I tell everybody. Oh, what's, what's their name? So we can actually Amber. Okay. Hey Amber. Um, so I tell people number one thing as a young couple, a newlywed couple, is you want to relieve as much stress as stress as possible. So automating your bill pay, automating your savings automating your investing is by far the fastest and easiest way to do that. Um, I know so many couples that they, the money comes in, they don't know where it goes. They forget to pay a bill. Then their credit score gets shot. And then they're in this kind of perpetual mess. Automate, 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 um, sit down. Uh, so if like for us, we we have a Google spreadsheet basically that says, here's our bill. Here's when it's due. Here's how it's paid. Um, here's the credit card or whatever, how it's paid. Um, and we just, we, every single one of those are automated. And so I understand some budgets don't allow that, um, to actually be automated. So start with a spreadsheet, create the spreadsheet, know what you have, right? What do you have to pay every month? Why do you have to pay it? Is there a reason you have to pay it? Um, and then how much money is coming in? But if you can automate those, um, those processes, that's, it'll take a ton of stress away. Uh, it takes a lot of fights away and get on the same page as far as having that conversation of how much money do you guys want to save? Um, and by save, I'm, I totally mean invest, but how much do you want to invest? And so for us, when I sat down, me and my wife, when we were in our early twenties, I was working grinding in our, in one of our first businesses and I was getting burnt out. And we sat down one day and I was like, I don't like, what are we even doing this for? Like, like why? Why, why are we doing this? Uh, like we've, we've traveled a lot. I've seen some homeless people that are really happy, right? Like, like they're, they seem pretty happy. I've been to Venice beach. Right. So, um, and so we sat down and said, why are we really working? What are we really working toward? 
And so we sat down and really mapped out, in theory, what we wanted life to be like when we were 60, right? What, what, what does life kind of look like? And we're in our early 20s. I mean, granted, we don't know, but we can have an idea that we want some flexibility. We want to be able to travel. We want to do this. And so then we took it at, at 60 and just kind of worked ourselves back. So every few years saying, okay, if we want that at 60, where do we need to be at 50? Where do we be at 40? We're going to be at 35 and 30. Um, and it helps keep things in perspective. Um, there's, there's times that are the road to whatever those goals are is curvy and hilly and there's going to be detours. But at the end of the day, if you as a couple can set a, a long-term goal and you're working toward it together and you can automate any of those stressor points uh, you'll be much happier, much faster. So, yeah. yeah, I'm, 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 in, I'm in agreement. You know, with the things that that you're sharing, absolutely. I, I always kind of look at one of the things is this is just a recent one of our uh, interns here on on the branding side of the business. She, her mom is one of our project managers, and she said, you know, one of the things that was kind of a breakthrough for her, a revolution for her. She goes, I thought investing was for old people. <laughs> and and I can't see him, so I don't know if he muted or if we lost him. But she said, I, I thought investing was for old people and I for a young couple. You know, one of the things I say okay. now is like what you what you put in now saves you from having to put in later or it, it enables you to live and have lifestyle later, right? And the compound effect, if nobody's ever if you've never looked at the compound effect of money, if you've never just literally taken an Excel spreadsheet or, you know, got a PDF that shows how money accelerates, right. Then, then you don't fully understand how momentous, how, how huge, right. Your money compounding is and, and small amounts of money now can equal, you know, lots of, lots of money later. And so like doing it now and getting that money invested now is, 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 is huge. It's huge. And, yeah. and, and a lot of people think, well, when I make more money, I'll start investing. And what happens if you make more money and you wait to start investing in there, what happens? You end up living off of the more money you're making. Exactly. Right? And it, it's this unique balance. And I was just one of our one of our team members, uh, Robert, is is, you know, for the first you know, time, you know, it is really really starting to make some money. And I said, Robert, you gotta start investing some of that money. Like you gotta start taking money out because we have a you know, 8% matching. We have different things for our team. And it's like, you have to do this, man. I'm like, as your, as your leader or as your team member, as, as, you know, your friend, like, like you have to do this. Like, I'm not, you know, telling you like, this is like, and granted, he obviously has freedom to do whatever he chooses to do, but at the same time, like you have to do this now. I say, because what's going to happen is you're going to end up making more money. You're going to end up with a nicer car. You're going to end up with a nicer house. You're going to end up fixing things. You're going to end up doing these things. You're going to end up putting your kids in private school. There's all kinds of different things. You're going to figure out ways to spend money. And I said, if you don't do it now, when you have a little bit less money, you're never, ever going to do it later. Right. And my only other thing to couples, I would say is spend money, expanding your ability to make more money. And that's something I don't hear enough thought leaders talk about is, is they're like invest, um, you know, create emergency fund, do this, do this, do this. But I think when you're young, you have a lot more freedom to expand your abilities. And, mm -hmm. and, and I really have a full belief that if you don't expand your ability to, to make more money, whether that's to get a higher wage or to get a better certification or to start a business or, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you need to, to create that, that exchange, a better exchange of your time for money, then, then, then you're going to lose because that has a compounding effect too. And, and, and it has in, in what I did at, you know, 25 to expand my ability to earn pays me 10 times, hundred times, a thousand times dividends at 40. 
And, and, and I could never, even though I invested money at that age, the money I invested at age would never equate to the compounding effect of what my ability to produce more income has been as, as I've gotten older. So that compounding effect to me is just as important as the compounding effect of, of, of the interest. Um, those are some different things. What do you, what are you, what's your, you know, I don't know. What, what do you, what do you add to that Taylor? Yeah. So I mean, we actually, I do a lot of speaking at uh, colleges and high schools and one of the most common seminars, I guess that we do is we call get grow guard um, because they're in this mindset, usually straight out of college or straight out of high school where they want to get money, right? They think having more money solves all the problems. <laughs> um, and so we talk about like, it, it doesn't, right? I know multimillionaires who still aren't happy, right? And so um, we talk about getting money, how to get more money. And so, you know, there's only a few ways you can get more money. You can either work more hours at the same wage that you're making. And in reality, you, in theory, you can't work more than 24 hours in a day, or literally you can't work more than 24 hours a day. And you only do that so many days in a row. Um, so how can you increase how much you make per hour? And then how can you get to the point to where your money is growing without you having to work? You know, so basically growing while you sleep. And if we can get people in that mindset of, hey, it's going to take education, you know, it's going to take, you can't just say, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to be a billionaire overnight. Um, but if you start young and you can start learning, it'll pay dividends for years and years to come. I, I tell people I traveled about an hour each way for work and for college when I was younger, and I got in, um, hooked on audiobooks. And I learned so much from audiobooks and from listening to other people's stories. And that knowledge far surpassed anything I learned in college. Um, learning from from what these people were, what they had dealt with, how they overcame these challenges, it taught me so much that led me to where I am today. And by putting that money back, by investing in myself and actual dollars, allowed us to really create our first business, allowed us to learn, allowed us to get to the point that we are today. Um, and, and you got to start now. I tell people start start early, right? You don't have to spend twelve hours a day studying. But get in that mindset now of putting your putting money away now, educating yourself now. Um, just starting is better than not. You know, I grew up incredibly poor, and I went through you know some of those. You know, I won't dive deep into the hey, you know, rags the richest thing. You know, there's times where you know no electricity, times you know no water, those kind of things moved. I can't even count how many times as a kid. And so as I fought, you know, to establish myself or to get going, I when I stopped coaching college baseball and I finally made money and, and I realized that money did not fix my life. Right. It was like a thud. It was like hitting a wall for me. So I love that point you make that like, it's not that the journey is, 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 is about so many more things than, than the pure money. Money's just one source of energy, you know, in the universe or one source of energy in the world. And, and so, you know, that fuel, is if, if when it's when you're so focused on it, I always think sometimes money will run away from people when they when they become that becomes the source of their joy and happiness. Um, and 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 it'll lead to to obviously horrific habits, you know, in 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 my opinion. Yeah, like for us when we we were young, I mean my wife when we first got married, we lived on, you know, so I was making twelve dollars an hour and she was making twelve dollars an hour or whatever. Um, and we had our savings automatic, right? Every Friday when our paycheck came in, we moved $50 or whatever, right? From the checking account to the investment account. And then every time one of us got a raise, that very first paycheck, we would go blow it, right? We'd go eat get a nicer dinner or go out for the weekend or whatever. But then after that, we just increased that investment amount. And so 
at one point we were both making 20 something dollars an hour, but we were still basically living like we were making $12 an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, and that really built our nest egg up and it built that this is how we do things. And this is our, what's important to our family. And so when we were making much more than $20 an hour, that same mentality was already there of, Hey, no, like, yeah, we're, we're going to invest X percent. That's, it's a no brainer. Like we're not, we're not starting from scratch. Um, and so we don't live like we make $12 an hour anymore. Uh, but we have been able to that those monies and that mindset has carried us forward even to today. I think that's a, a great point. And, you know, I love Shaq said this, you know, I was listening to a Shaq thing and he was talking about, you know, the difference between rich people and wealthy people and, you know, 25, 50% of your money. And, and then you divide that in half and then, you know, take that 25% and live all the way you want. And the rest, you know, is invested and saved in, in different ways. And I'm not quoting it great or perfect, but at the same time, I love, you know, what he was saying there, because, you know, when I first started, it was, you know, what I read was, you know, 10%, 10%, and, and what I realized over the years was, was by only, you know, investing or putting away 10%, I really wasn't compounding the way I could. And when I started focusing on, you know, living, living less and, and compounding more and putting more in, it made, it made a huge, huge difference. And then the frequency of it made, made a huge difference for me too, is, is, is you know, sometimes, you know, I, you know, first, you know, I was doing it when I could do it. And then I started doing it monthly. And then, you know, then there was times when I started doing it, you know, bi-weekly and even weekly, you know, when, when more money came in. And so by, by just shoving more in to go to work for me, it, the compounding effect was huge. I see like each one is a team member, each one's an employee, each dollars, you know, has an ability to work. And, and so putting those to work is, 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 is huge. Um, we're, you know, getting towards, towards the end. Let's jump into more questions. So I, I'm. Steven from Facebook said, how do you set yourself up as entrepreneurs for success every single day, Taylor? Um, so for me, I keep the priority, the priority. So I start off every morning before I got out of bed, I, I read my Bible and have some prayer time. Um, before I head out to work, most of the time I spend time with my kids. I mean, it helps gets me in my, my right mindset. So my schedule, I wake up most mornings around four, four 30. I'm, I'm a natural early riser and have been forever. So it's fairly easy for me to usually, you know, I'll, I'll wake up, read my Bible, uh, have prayer time, go to the gym get my body right, my mindset right, come home and relax and have my kids and then head to the office. And it, it does a world of difference. And, and I can tell my employees who follow a similar routine versus the ones who woke up at 7.55 and rolled straight to the office. Um, and so getting in that routine every day, uh, you, have a, you have some time to yourself, you have some time to prepare for the day, and you're not rushing. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer, win the morning, win the day. And so if you can win the morning, if you can win those first few hours, the rest of the day is going to go smooth. And that has really done me well uh, ever since I've started my first business. Yeah, I, I, I think for you as an individual, you've got to make a decision about what makes you tick, right? And yeah. what makes you get up. Like for me, the first thing every single day is make my bed every single day, yeah. right? Um, and I, I should know the name of this. My brother will kill me if I don't know the, the general's name that gave a speech, um, you know, at one of the colleges and talks about, you know, the purpose and the point you know, every single day, but this first thing I do every single day is I make my bed, you know, and that, that to me is almost like my switch flipping. Um, and I don't like, like I'm built a little different. I don't like to like the working out and all of the other things I like to hit, hit like my morning, my first few hours, I like to just 
whatever my top three priorities are for that day, I want them knocked out in my first three hours of the day. And I want them, I want to hit those things right off the bat. And, and then from, from there, I start to address, you know, whether it's fires or, or, you know, got a minute things, or it's, you know, mentorship meetings or, or different things with team members. And so, you know, you hear the two of us kind of talk about our mornings in different ways, but I think what's important is the morning is significant to both of us. Right. And, and for me, it's like, like I make the bed and then I want to hit my first task. Like, like literally it could be a conference call, could be a meeting, could be something that I needed to accomplish. Like today we had a, a great day because we got our requalification for our, our reach with the SEC today. Right. Nice. And so right off the bat, first thing I'm doing is I'm addressing all the things we need to go downwind, downline with staff team and, and, you know, to make sure one, everybody knows, but number two, all of the actions that, you know, are going to follow, you know, follow behind, behind that. And, and so for me that, you know, that's, that's how my day started. And I can't think of any better way to start for me, right. Than that. And so that's important to both of us is just that initiation and, and it's task initiation and it's, it's objective initiation. So I think those, those are huge. Um, go, go ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Taylor, when did you realize you made it and what, is, what does success look like to us? Yeah. Um, so I, this is corny, right? I didn't buy a Lambo. Um, I'd like to, but I didn't. Um, really when I felt like I had made it was when I could go to the grocery store and not look at the prices. That was it. That was, I mean, like I tell people that's when I felt rich. Like I felt like, wow, I have accomplished something in life. I could go to the grocery and I, so grocery shopping is one thing I enjoy. Like it's like we go on vacation. I want to hit up every grocery store in that area and find whatever, <laughs> like I'm a pickle fanatic. I mean, I knew you were a little different, but that's I, am, I know that you say weird. I know weird. I hate admitting it in public <laughs> like this. Please forgive me. Um, I'm not super psycho, but I do. I like, I enjoy grocery stores. Um, and so I, when I was, when I was able to go to the grocery store and not really care about the price or I saw something that just, I was like, Oh yeah, that sounds good. Like, or I just want to try it. I threw it in the cart. To me, that's when I was like, I've crossed mentally. I, I crossed a threshold, and I remember, like, I vividly remember walking through the store and that hitting me. That, hang on, like something has changed within me. Um, there's been other things, you know, like we've we've paid off some really great debts. We've been able to really help um, some people. So our charity donations, you know, the first time we we hit six figures in charity donations for a year was a really big momentous occasion for us. That was a wow, like this is it's crazy. Um, and so there's, you know, there are certain things, but honestly, the grocery store, that was, that was it. That's, that's how I knew I made it was I got the grocery store and I could buy what I wanted to buy. Yeah. You know, I think for me, I didn't think about whether I made it or not made it, but there was, I think I probably by definition had already made it, but the, there was a moment when I realized that like, I was no longer the, it was no longer I was no longer the 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 pivoting point of the the like the business was going to grow beyond or it was going to expand beyond what I could control right that that the business itself had become a living breathing animal that was was going to expand and grow like I know we're going to become a billion dollar investment fund there's there's no question and even if I step away today I know that's going, going to happen. So there was a, there's just kind of like this moment when I realized like, man, this thing, it's like, like, I'm obviously a part of it, 
and I'm going to continue to grow it and I'm going to continue to do the things I, and sometimes I just need to get out of the way. But there was a moment where I just said, man, this thing's going to go. And there, it wasn't, it wasn't like when I had the idea and you're trying to conceptualize, I'm not talking about that excited, optimistic entrepreneurialism that, that, that is great, but I'm talking about once the business was established and it was going and I knew that, you know, the marketing was running and I knew conversions were working and I knew investments were working and I knew, you know, I just knew like this thing, you know, it's, it's, it's just about fuel and about ability to, to handle the amount of fuel we put into it, you know, as, as a, as a machine, it was just a breakthrough moment of like, man, this thing's like, I don't even, I don't even know how great or how big or how, you know, it goes beyond what even what my comprehension is. So that that was for me, kind of that that made it moment where I just knew like, wow. And I and you'll look at your business, and I'm sure you've had that moment too, Taylor, where you looked at your business and you were just like, oh my goodness, like I can't, like this is that hard to believe in some yeah. ways. Yeah, and, and that's a it's an amazing feeling. It's it really know, is. I, it's one that I hope every entrepreneur gets the the opportunity to to see that hey, I'm this is something I help create. And if I walked away today, it's still going to flourish. Still going to thrive. Um, that's an amazing feeling. Yeah, and, and the impact it makes, you know, is is legacy yeah. and, and and long term. And I and I and I love that. That like, if something happened to me today, um, you know, our our plans and the, the leaders and the different things, like it, it goes, and the legacy it leaves and the impact it makes on people's lives is is significant. And that's that that that, that that's huge to me. Um, what else? Um, Taylor, there, the, the last question, you know, uh, uh, just explain about the money personality test and that's available and stuff. Right. And, and explaining that and stuff. Right. So for, for me, um, I'll, you know, if you want to direct people, that's great. We'll put the link in, in, in the description and stuff for people and, or any other links you want us to share. But for me, everybody, it's, it, it, it's one of those things. If you're going to be financially successful, if you're going to build wealth, you're going to have a healthy relationship. It's, 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 it's a no brainer. Right. And, and it's up there, right up there with five love languages for me. It's right up there with, you know, I just it, it, right up there with richest man in Babylon and the Bible to me, you know, or some of my wealth, I'm not trying to compare the money couple to the Bible, by the way, Taylor, Thank I'm just you. saying yeah. for me, these are some of my, you know, these are my, you know, my, my wall of, of, you know, war when it comes to finance and wealth. And, and so, you know, um, but feel free, you know, anything else you want to share about it? Yeah, no, nah, it's a great, it's a great assessment. It only takes a few minutes. You can go to the moneycouple.com or the five money personalities.com. It's really easy. Um, it's super easy. It takes just a few minutes and it, and we, we have another one on there now called the financial infidelity scale, uh, which really help you take to another level. Once you know your money personality, it helps open that door to say, Hey, am I keeping money secrets from my spouse? Um, and we've worked. Yeah, I really want to take with, a test that shows me I'm having infidelity with money. Yes, sounds, yes, it's, it is. Everybody exciting. wants to take it, right? Um, but it's just, it's a very popular topic that the topic blew up in 2021 um, across all kind of national media organizations, and it's an amazing way to help build upon that. How can I help become stronger and connected with my spouse with our finances? So, yeah. Well, great, brother. I appreciate you being on. Um, you know, I always enjoy our, our time together and I'm, you know, glad you were able to sell some businesses and get some peace. And, and I'm, you know, looking forward to hearing some of the fun things you're going to be able to do, you know, this year. So um, Thank thanks, man. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks, Thank you for listening to the Rad Podcast, an exploration of wealth. For more information, please visit our website, www.raddiversified.com. 
We'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing.